Well, I'm going to continue the series I started last Sunday on overflow, the blessings of stewardship. Overflow, the blessings of stewardship. And um, I, I said last week that as Christ followers, we are stewards of everything that God has given to us. Is that true? That's true. God owns everything, and we are simply called to be the managers of that while we live this life. That God has placed us in charge, and we are the money managers, we are the talent managers, and we are the time managers of our lives. He's given us authority in these areas. Today, I specifically want to talk to your time and your talent and how to release your God-given potential in Jesus Christ. So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, and if you're taking notes, I'm going to say a number of different scripture verses today, or you can go to the app, fill in the blanks, and you'll have the scriptures with you throughout the week. The Bible says, though, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, that everything on earth has its own time. Can you say time? And its own season. Can you say season? So he's talking about time, and he's talking about season. The Bible is filled with so many examples of ordinary people who achieved extraordinary things for the glory of God. When it was their time, when it was their turn, men and women who rose to the occasion and they released their potential to fulfill God's purpose in their lifetime. Do you believe today that there is more in you? Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that there is more in you? More in your life. Like God has put potential that is unrealized. And I'm talking to everybody today, even though well, I'm speaking to the graduates that are here, people many different ages. Doesn't matter who you are, we're preaching the timeless truth of God's word today that is speaking to every single one of us as we go through these points. That God has more in store for you. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you came from. And I want you to know, and God more importantly wants us to know, how we can release the potential that is in you. Stewarding the potential that God has placed within your life. Now, I said last week, when we accepted Jesus Christ into our heart, we said, God, I am all in. That I am all in, the bucket represents an all-in lifestyle. It represents an all-in life from my time and my talent and my treasure. That God, I'm saying, I am all in. I step within the bucket, and so everything that I am, everything that I own, everything that I have is yours, Lord. And so God wants us to know that. Time, talent, treasure, it's all his. When we said yes to God, we said yes that we would be all in. Now listen, you got to understand, this is not stewardship. You can't live this way in God. You've got to realize this is not stewardship, one foot in the bucket and one foot out. When you said yes, you said yes to this. Can I hear an amen? amen. That you are all in for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look at God's word, I don't see it any other way. There's no other way as you come, and I pray that your mind and your heart would be open today to what God is saying to you. My money, my giftings, my talent, my time, Lord, we are here to manage it and be good stewards. You can have potential in you and die with it in you, or you can release that potential during your lifetime. In sports, they call it, leave it on the field. How many of you have ever heard that before? You're leaving it on the field, or you're leaving it 
on the court. Man, you are playing the game and you are leaving it there. There is potential in each and every one of us that is meant to be released in our time and in our lifetime. So I want to help you today as you ponder this and as we look to God's word and what he is saying to us, how to release your potential to live a life of blessing, overflow, and the stewardship of it. So I've got some points here before you, how to release your potential. First thing, know that you have everything. Know is the key word here. Know that you have everything you need to do what God has planned for you to do. If you're going to release that potential that's in your life first, you've got to know that it's there. If you're not identifying what it is, you're not going to know. You're going to need to know by faith today that what you are supposed to do, God has already put it in your life. Like 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it reads like this, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's given us all things that pertain to life. Isn't that true? Somebody shout life. Yes. The writer doesn't say eternal life here. Not that. That, that is to come, but God's given us everything we need for salvation, and Peter is talking about the here and the now, the here and the now of our life. He's talking about your lifetime, my lifetime. God's given you everything that you need, and there's also a reason that he uses the word godliness. You've got to understand, as he's saying, what is godliness? Well, godliness is simply, <clears throat> excuse me, a God-honoring life. So you can say it like this. God has given us everything we need that pertains to our life and to a God-honoring life. Now, many of you remember the guy in the Old Testament named Moses. And Moses had a job as a shepherd way out in the desert when he encountered a burning bush. It says that in the word of the Lord, he encountered the burning bush that changed the very course of his life. And I want to kind of rewind a little bit back before that. When he was a baby, if you remember that his mother put him in a basket, put him on the Nile, and sent him down the Nile River. You might think, wow, that's a horrible mom. Why would she do that? Actually, it saved his life. Because there had been issued an order in Egypt that all the male Hebrew children should die. They're killing the Hebrew children, and to save his life, she put him in the basket, she sent him down the Nile River, and he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and instead of him losing his life, she took him home, she raised him in the palace. He was educated in the best school, the Harvard of his day, best university of education. He got mixed up in an argument, if you remember. He was defending a man that had, that had been beaten down, and in the process of that, he killed an Egyptian. And he had to flee for his life, the Bible says. He was a fugitive, but also, he had a speech impediment. I'm telling you all of that because, understandably, if you know the story, he's standing in front of a burning bush, which is a miraculous in and of itself. He's standing right in front of the burning bush, and he's telling God that he's not the right guy for the assignment that God has called him to do. He's saying, I am not the right guy to appeal to the Egyptian government for the freedom of the people. Do you understand? I don't have God what it takes. But God saw it differently in that moment. You know, you know not just that, that uh, he was going through this, not just that he had been through this university, amazing education, but God says, you know what? I can use your experiences in your life, Moses, 
to do something great for me. In terms of, yes, great education, but also in terms of when his passion rose up and, and his anger and his hostility and how he had to run for his life. And he had made a mistake and he was humbled after the fact by it. But God says, I can use all of that to fulfill my purposes upon your life. What I'm saying to you today is this here and now. You were born at the right time. You were in the right place. You were in the right circumstances to do what God has planned for you to do. You're the right age. You're the right race. You're the right color. You're the right gender. And you have the right experiences to do exactly what God has assigned for you to do. Amen? Amen. That's true. If you're going to release your potential, you've got to know that you have everything you need to do what God has called you to do. I know how humanity thinks. I know how I think it. But I think, you know, we think many times, wow, God, I can't do this. I've done these bad things. I've had ugly behavior and unfortunate, and, 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 and it doesn't look like it's going to turn out. But God, God says, listen, if you will just partner with me, I will do something great and mighty in your life. If you will just partner with me, if you will just give me your whole life, if you just come and steward that before me, I can do something mighty and great. Amen? And if you just know in your heart that you know, hey, what, what, what the enemy has intended for evil, God will turn it around for good. He will use you. Amen? He's going to use you. He's doing it now. And so I will tell you also that helps uh, so that you know this. It can help you from competing with other people. Because we live in a world of competition, right? I got to compete. I got to compete. You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. And so it helps you to know that you don't have to be envious of what somebody else has. You steward your life that God has given to you because you know you've got everything you need already from Jesus. And if you genuinely know that in your heart, you will know that God has planned something great for you. The second thing is if you're going to release your potential, consult your creator. Consult means to seek advice and to seek information. You don't get to decide your potential, you discover it. That's huge. That's big. How many of you remember when you were a child growing up? How many people ask you, what are you going to be when you grow up? How many of you seniors have been asked that a thousand times throughout this last week, this last semester, this last week. What are you going to do with your life? And I just want you to understand something right now. You don't have to know everything right now at this point. This, it's too big of a decision, right? But God is going to lead you, and you and I are called to discover the plans and purposes in our lives. Because we hear this. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. But you can be everything that God created you to be. Amen? And that one we need to get right. You have to go to your creator. You've got to go to him. That's why God designed us. That's why God has designed a plan for every single person in here. And so it's a great thing when you know what you're supposed to do and also what you're not supposed to do. Amen? Because it frees you up to operate in the call of God. So, listen, if you want to know the potential of an automobile, there's a manual written by the creators of the automobile, 
And, you know, the more modernized our automobiles get, the screens, the, the displays, the remote, you know, all the intricate details of what's going on. There's a manual you can read, and if you, re- if you read it, it, it tells you how to operate the vehicle, right? But who wrote it? Well, it's written by the manufacturer, the one who made the remote and the motor and the engine and all of that and the screens and all of that, the one who made the automobile. Psalms 103 says, it is he that made us. It is God who has made us. I thought my mom and dad made me. Well, I mean, yeah, God created you in his image. How many of you are with me today? Colossians chapter one and verse 16, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. I think it's an amazing thing today that uh, Pastor Mike and Megan and our youth ministry here gave our seniors a Bible today, a manual for their lives, amen? I think that's a great thing. That's a great gift and a gift from this church that you would read it, that you would get in it and you would find out what God has called you to do and become. There's only one that really knows what you're supposed to become. And he can reveal it and help you locate and help you live out God's purposes in your life. He's the one that created you. You are the way you are because of why you are. That's what you have to understand. Your grandpa's time is not the same as your time. You've got your own time and you've got your own turn. So I encourage you, would you consult your creator? You know, the, abuse, the word abuse is, is the misuse of something, right? That, that we, we're, if, when you don't consult a creator, you just come up with your own ideas, and you can take other people's ideas of what your life should be like. But we are called to go to the creator and consult with him and to seek his face on God, the plan that you have for me. Approach, we, we, we need to approach life with great honor. We need to approach life with great dignity that he has given us this life. So let's not abuse it. The next point is lean in to learn. If you all do this with me, wherever you are at, whatever it may be, would you just take a moment and would you just lean in a little? Come on, yeah, 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 good, good. You just lean in just a little, yeah, good. Got people listening. I'm gonna see if anybody's sleeping at this moment. You're leaning in, you're leaning in to learn. You're leaning in. How many of you know when you're at a sporting event and you're interested, you're leaning in? You're like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. People that aren't interested, they're just, right? Uh, We are called to lean in. Now, you can relax now. You did an awesome job, okay? We're called to lean in, in our life, that we are interested, that people are who are very interested in what's going on in the field, they lean in. So I'm using it as a metaphor, but I want you to understand that in life, tell your mind to hear it and use your body to lean in. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. Perhaps, perhaps the greatest enemy of people who have good intentions is distraction. Isn't that true? That we can have great intentions, but there are so many distractions, the chatter, the noise of the world we live in, so many many opinions. Understand all noise is not equally beneficial. How many of you know it? 
all noise isn't equally helpful in your life because there's a lot of noise. You can't treat it all the same. Understand that. It's getting harder and more difficult all the time to gain wisdom because gaining wisdom requires us to shut off all the other voices and to lean in to hear and understand and locate on wisdom. It's going to require for us to shut the other vows off and to tune into what God's word has to say for the wisdom and the understanding and the insight that he wants to give our lives. So we need to lean in. Some of you are distracted right now. You're on your Insta, you're on your Finsta, you're on your whatever, Graham, and you're, right now you're just distracted. You need to hone in on this, amen? And hear the voice of the Lord. When the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God, what it's actually uh, saying is seek God's way of doing things first. Rather than doing your aunt's way, your uncle's way, your peer's way, the scripture says you're, you're to seek God's way. And so the fourth chapter in Proverbs is money. The whole book is gold, gold, gold. Verse 20, my son, pay attention. My son, pay attention. Every parent in this room knows what that's like talking to your children. They're distracted. Pay attention. And then you say what you want them to hear. The Bible is absolutely full of pay attentions. Full. Why? Because God knows we deal with distractions. God knows you're dealing with distractions right now. We need to lean in to locate the wisdom of God that he's placed inside of our lives. Look at somebody and say, pay attention. Come on, turn to the person next to you. Go to the right, go to the left. Pay attention. Pay attention. That's what God's word is saying. Pay attention. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, pay attention. Listen, if you want to release the potential that's in your life, you're going to have to govern your attention span. Music videos on TV change frames every three seconds to keep people's attention spans because it's changing that much. God says, pay attention and keep my commands. Do not lose sight of them. Keep them in your heart. And if you'll do that, it will be health to your entire body. So lean in to locate. Lean in to locate and learn. Next, work your work. Work your work. There's a difference in going to a job and doing work. Are you with me? Potential is not released by showing up or by being present, by doing a task you've done and you just do it on autopilot. No, potential is released when you push past the resistance and you insist on doing your work better than you're doing it right now. That the same level always gets the same results you've got. Don't be satisfied to be the same person you are today as you were yesterday, right? On your job, you've got to be better than what you were yesterday. So we're going to work the work that you can be better on the job. Not an entitled attitude. Well, I showed up today. What more do you want? Right? That's not how to get a promotion, just FYI, if you need to know, that's not how. You get a promotion by doing more than is expected of you in your role that you're doing right now. That is the good stewardship of your life. And so when you do more than expected, then you're working the work that you're saying, I can do better. And I just want to remind you that Colossians reminds us that when you work, you're working for the Lord. Amen? 
You are working for the Lord first. He is the source of all things, so be reminded of that. I heard this last week, a seven-year-old boy who runs his own recycling business. His name is Ryan Hickman, Orange County, California, who has saved $10,000 for college. That's inspiring. That, that I'm working on the work that I'm doing. My prayer has been, yeah, Lord, help me, yes, to have wisdom today. I need your wisdom, but Lord, that, uh, to give my very best to you. Isn't it great that we just don't come to Abundant Life Church and we have all of our ministries, our kids, our students, our adults, all of those ministries that happen that you see, that you don't see, all the way through the worship team, the media, all of these ministries. Isn't it great? that we just don't come together as pastors and leaders and volunteers and just say, wow, we're just going to come together and I hope everything turns out okay. Wow, we're not going to plan, but we're sure going to come expecting. But how many of you know that God has called us to plan? Amen. That planning has gone in to what God has called us to do throughout the week, that when we get to today, the plan has been in place and God, we say, come and minister through us. That's the same thing with our own lives. That's just not thrown together. But God, that we would plan. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, most of you probably wouldn't come to a church where it was highly disorganized. If that, you probably wouldn't stay long. Right? When you work your work, you release your potential. The next one is see pain as having purpose. Wow. 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 There's some potential that won't be discovered in the good times or the blessed seasons in your life. There's some potential in you that you know this is true, that it can only be discovered and released in a time of trial, testing, a time of adversity in your life, that you understand that you have to see pain as having purpose purpose in your life. And I didn't talk about pain today. You would say, what? You left out one of the most important things. Absolutely, because we know it is real because life has pain a part of it, right? But it's, it's important to be reminded that it's not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you that matters most. See, you can either sulk and get out your country western crying tunes and all of that. Cry pretty, <laughs> you know. Yeah, cry pretty. I don't know if anybody cries pretty, but okay. That's a song out there, so if you didn't know that, but you know, right? Or you can whine and say, oh, poor me. Or you can say there's purpose in the pain, and that is really easy to say and really hard to live. But all pain has a purpose. Charles Kingley said, pain is no evil unless it conquers us. Pain has a purpose in life if we will allow it to. And we have to understand that we only grow to the threshold of our pain. Right? So if we want to raise the potential in our lives, we need to raise the threshold of pain. I don't want to give you that to take that home because that is one that we're going to have to chew on. So many times our reluctance, uh, excuse me, reluctance to face pain is our greatest limitation. Next, make the most of every opportunity. We often don't recognize opportunity because it comes in work clothes. I think most people see opportunity differently than what God does, and most people see opportunity as the day they get a new job or, or, or a new open door, but God sees opportunity beginning with the day you were born. God sees it as always being your turn. 
God always sees it in your life and mine as always being your turn, your turn, your turn. And as you know, we've been talked a few weeks ago as I preached on being strong and courageous. We've been going towards a heart of where we feel God is leading this church to plant another church out of this church. As we're praying, as we're in the process of that, that we are believing and we're trusting God and we're asking God for wisdom. And yeah, we don't have the location worked out right now, but we're trusting God and he's gonna, he's gonna show us where that is. But, but we also know as we've been praying towards this is one of, one of the most important decisions you can make inside of it is who your campus pastor will be. That is huge. Who will lead that church plant? And as we've prayed and as we've come through it, we have really believed and know God has led us to the right leaders, and that is Pastor Ben and Claire. Would you guys stand? They're going to lead our new church plant. Come on. Turn around, you guys. They're going to lead our new plant. And we're excited about that. Woo! Amen. We, we've got to know that God always sees it as being our turn. That, that what you see as preparation is your turn for promotion. We got to know this. You know, David stands on the backside of a hill in Judea, and he's got a slingshot. There is no giant at this moment that I'm talking. There's a, there's a, there's a fence post. Uh, nobody even knows that about him, but th- there's not even a real battle that is going on in this moment right now, but, but you know, he has his sling, and you know, he has a sling, and shh, and he lets the rock go, and man, he misses the fence post, right? He misses it in that moment, and then he loads another one into the sling, and he's bam, hits the fence post. He's like, yes, I got it. It's his turn for the opportunity. It's, it's his turn for the opportunity in his life to do what God has called him to do. And then, and then comes the lion. And then comes the bear. And he kills the lion. And he kills the bear, the Bible tells us. How many of you are with me say yes? He kills them. And the bear goes down, the lion goes down, and he keeps getting promoted. It's your turn. No, it will be my turn when I get the promotion. Uh, No, no, it will be my turn when finally, if that person can just get out of the way, then I can move up. No, it's your turn right now to prepare yourself for what God has prepared for you. Before David fought Goliath, he had a bear and a lion tacked on the backside of his barn. You need to know this and get it into your spirit today. God has already prepared you right now in this season. There's no longer waiting. It is now for you to step in and to make the most of every opportunity. Listen, it could be your opportunity to forgive somebody today. It could be your opportunity to show grace could be your opportunity to sing a song in the night hours of your life. It could be your opportunity to be faithful in the very small things that God has given to you. So let's make the most of the opportunity. 
Next, pray the potential. This is a good one. Pray the potential, praying in most people's minds as the defense mechanism when trouble comes. Isn't that true? Prayer comes as a defense mechanism. The problems are there. They don't pray until there is a problem. Then, the, then they pray the problem. Oh, God, I don't have any money. Oh, I'm losing my house now, God. Oh, and that person is treating me terrible, and my dog doesn't even like me anymore either. And what are we doing? We're praying the problems. My children, they don't listen to me. They're far from me. God, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. What are we doing? We're praying the problems. Oh, God, our nation is in trouble. It sucks. We're praying the problem. My neighborhood is terrible. All these terrible. Every neighbor is terrible, God. I mean, every neighbor is terrible. It's, it's so we're praying the problem. And a lot of people think of prayer as what we do when there is a problem. But there's another way to pray. And the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus says, whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You pray the potential. You pray the thing that is not there yet. I mean, all of us are on the line today on things. The things that are not there yet, that's the hope of Christ. The things that are not there yet, the things that are coming. So you pray the thing that's not there yet. You don't pray the problem. You pray the solution. You, you pray the potential. You pray the blessing on the work of your hands. Right? You pray the blessing upon your children, even though you don't see it today. You pray the blessing upon your future. You, you say, thank you, God, for my son and my daughter. You're going to use my baby girl for big things. You use my baby boy for great things, Lord, that you have potential for them. You pray the potential. I got a feeling so many times, so many people are praying the problem. That's not even biblical. You've got to pray the potential. Amen? Lastly, to release your potential, you've got to be a contributor, not a consumer. You've got to go from me, 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 was a child all the way through, through that you go, and then they turn into a teenager, you know, and then they open the refrigerator door and they pull out the gallon of milk and there's... Uh, there's, there's no milk left. Mom, how many of you know they always say mom's name, never dad. They never, Mom, did you go shopping? How many of you with me, moms? You know what you're saying? Yeah, because my name never gets called at that moment. It's like, mom, um, who's going shopping around here? I mean, there's no food. I mean, what, what are we going to do? You know, it's like hopeless, you know. You, you, so you have to realize that maturity is making the next step. Maturity is making the next step. You begin to think like the contributor. You see there's no milk in the refrigerator, so you go buy some milk. You see that there's no food. Yes, amen, amen. <laughs> there's no food in the cabinet. You go buy some food, right? You, you see that an area uh, of ministry in this church is lacking. You say, yeah, that's me. It's time for me to say, it's your turn. It's your turn. You, it's more than seeing it. Oh, my goodness, they don't have, oh, my, oh, no. God said, come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Pray the potential. You go from being a, a consumer to a contributor, yeah? And you realize you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it 
for the world we live in. You're doing it to steward the blessings of God. You're doing it because that's what God has called you and I to do. To step into that place and contribute. Contribute to shine the light in the darkness. We say, God, you have called me now. It's my time. It's my season. And you do it. And you step into it. And it is through that you find the blessings of God and your life will overflow. Guaranteed. Not because I said it, but because God's word says it. You will overflow. You will overflow. And God will keep pouring more into you as you keep pouring out. You keep pouring more into other people, other circumstances, other situations, your time, your talent, your treasure. You keep doing that. God said, I'll keep overflowing that bucket. You don't even have enough room for it. You don't even have enough room for it. Come on. How many of you know scarcity is not a God mentality? Amen? Scarcity is not. If you're living in scarcity, you have a spirit of fear on your life. And you need to bind the spirit of fear and release the power of overflow and blessing upon your life. In Jesus' name. Amen?